Hi, you're listening to Wimbledon, hosted by me, Nick Ray. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I am super pumped again. This week, I have a very special guest. She is Sophie Power from the UK. Uh, Sophie is a friend of mine from INSEAD Business School. Uh, She is also, she's many, many things. I'm going to get her to introduce herself. But uh, she has recently um, released an amazing video about ultra running and coming back to um, coming back to running after giving birth to her third kid. Uh, uh, We're not just going to talk about that we're going to talk about all the themes around building up wins defining wins uh and defining your your um strategy for 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 competition and for for being a better uh being a better individual in your uh, field so sophie i'm going to pass over to you to introduce yourself uh, if you could tell us a bit about your background as well uh, how you ended up where you did and um <laughs> And explain to me how you got to be an incredible runner when I met you. I don't think you ran at all, right? <laughs> no, that was a bit of an accident. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a mum of three um, and I, I live in the UK and I pretty much for a long time led a double life. Um, so I built my career up um, through kind of the boring investment banking route and private equity and um, then became a finance director and um, then when I fell pregnant with my first around six, seven years ago, I co-founded a technology company um, to find a way to clean polluted air. I was living in central London at the time, and I wanted to make the world a, a better place for, for him to live in. Um, so I ran that for five years and, and left a couple of years ago. At the same time, I had become an ultra runner. Um, and run some of the world's hardest races. Um, so my, my longest race kind of for context was 268 miles without stopping. Um, and Spartathlon was about 153 miles without stopping. So that's one side of my life. And the other side um, through business and technology, and I'm very much into um, social impact and working with firms to make the world a better place. Um, and then since my running side went a bit crazy when a picture of me went viral around the world of me breastfeeding my three-month-old while I was running 106 miles. And now I spend most of my time trying to empower women to be active and taking down the barriers to, to women being kind of happy and healthy and, and leading fulfilling lives. So it's a whole new chapter of my life that's just started, but um, kind of very much there's been the business side and the running side and they've, they've finally come together somewhat. Yeah, that's awesome. I have to say, so a lot of people will probably be familiar with that picture. Uh, and I did make a promise to you not to have you bre- have to breastfeed on the podcast. Just because, <laughs> <He's asleep>. <laughs> <laughs> because it seems in the video as well, they definitely captured that moment for you uh, with the, with the, with your third one as well. Uh, no, that, that, that picture was amazing. It's such a powerful, powerful image. And I think especially um, my wife really loved it and she showed it to me. I'd already seen it, obviously, because I knew about you and I'd seen it posted around. But uh, and I follow trail running, you know, forums and things. But my wife came and showed it to me because she she's such a big proponent of breastfeeding as well. And and when we were in the UK, she felt that some people in the UK were not so positive about breastfeeding and, and being, you know, open about breastfeeding. So she was like, this is 
this is awesome. And I was like, yeah, and I know her. (laughs) 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 It's like a claim to fame suddenly. So uh, no, I think, and I think what you're doing is, is amazing as well. So the video um, for those, those listening and watching, if you haven't seen the video, uh, definitely, definitely check it out, share the video. This is something that is, uh, Sophie has worked extremely hard on and uh, it is definitely helping to empower women. So please share it far and wide because it's, it's amazing. It's a really good documentary and, and a, a, just a, a great caption of a moment in life. Uh, I think it's, it's beautiful. How, how did you, how did you get there though, Sophie? Let's, let's wheel it right back. So when did you start, when did you start deciding to set about on a 268 mile run. I'm guessing you ran a few before then. So mine was um, a very unusual entry into ultra running. So it was about 12 years ago and I'd been main redundant in a really kind of nasty way from a private equity company. And um, I first of all um, got a flight to Thailand to spend two months. I just got married. Uh, which is one of the reasons I was made redundant. And um, I got a flight to Thailand and spent two months learning to kick people in the head. Um, and I got really good at it. And I wanted to fight. And my husband, my new husband said, no, you're not fighting. So I came back and I was just a bit lost. And one of my friends um, that I used to be in a university air squadron. So I used to train as a pilot navigator in the Royal Air Force as well as at university. And he just done this race called the Marathon de Saab, which for people who don't know, it's a 250 kilometer, fairly self-sufficient uh, six or seven day race across the Sahara Desert. Um, and you carry all your food with you and your rucksack and they, they give you water and a, and a basic tent, but that's it for the, for the seven days. And he said, you'd be really good at this. And I said, well, I've never run more than a mile in my life. And I was second last in the mile at school. I was not a fit kid, not a sporty kid. And he said, you know, you can march really well. You're great at tracking. This will be good for you. So I didn't look at what it was. I had nine months to the start line and I just signed up. Um, and then I looked at what it was and go, oh, gee, um, what am I going to do? Um, so the next day I went for a run. So that's how I got into archer running. I mean, I was really fit from kickboxing, doing Muay Thai. Um, but I'd had this mental block on being a runner and ever since I was 14 and I came second last and um, even at university kind of did a bit of rugby and football but um, rowing I yes had to run to the, the boat club in the morning and I used to leave really early so I could walk just so I didn't have to run that distance because I just didn't think I could um, so I saw I did a marathon to Saab I ended up doing really well realized it's something that um, I'm good at from the, the mental side from the physical side and the endurance side and then I keep running stage races around the world and building up to 100 mile races. Um, and then ever since I've actually had the children, I've done the hardest races. I've, I've become a better runner. Um, instead of going away for kind of seven days, which is quite difficult when you've got young ones, I'm like, well, I'll just run that distance nonstop um, and I'll get back um, a few days earlier. So that's what it's come into. Um, and I, I really love running very long distances. Um, so from the girl who couldn't run at all, um, I've now become a fairly good ultra runner, um, which I never expected. It's, it's all about kind of when someone says you should do something, don't think about it. Just say yes, because you never know what's going to happen, really. 
so I really want to explore two different things and I'm not sure which one to pick first <laughs> because there's something about the way in which you have uh, grown and, and developed, which shows, I think, incredible resilience you, you, or perseverance. You have something and it might even be stubbornness, you know, if I'm going to call it by a less positive name. I don't know. And I don't know you that well that I can name it and, and, and claim it. But I think there's something really interesting there about your personality, which I want to explore. But there's also this other side, which is sort of the, the um, yeah, f- f- like what what did what what is the driver? What what is the thing that is like not not just the the sort of the stubbornness of I'm going to do it, but it's like what is the driver for getting to the end of those runs? I think I think the the the, the more interesting side is to explore that like you as an individual where do you think it comes from have you always been someone who's well first of all do you call yourself stubborn (laughs) or would you call yourself very resilient or would you call yourself persevering what what what, how would you name it I probably call it kind of grit I I agree I I think it's kind of knuckling down and, and getting to the end and never giving up I think stubbornness is there's a lot of stubborn ultra runners and I think stubbornness is kind of going down one path and never, ever kind of changing from that path. And mm. I think that's not what I do because I have to adapt to different circumstances and you have to adapt during races as well. Um, and in ultra running, stubbornness is dangerous. Um, so there's been a race I pulled out of because I, I didn't feel the course was, was safe anymore. Mm. Um, stubborn people would have, would have kept going down that. Um, so there's a balance in that. Um, but I think I like to push my body to limits. I like to push my mind to limits. That's what I enjoy doing. Mm. I feel so much stronger in everything I do in life because of what I achieve out on the trails. So you go through the worst things on the trails and you, you think you can't go on and then you do. And then you take that back into life and you realize you can achieve much more than you you originally thought possible so I know how much I I get from finishing the races um mm. and I enjoy the training I, I enjoy being out on the trails it's it's my my meditation my kind of getting catching up my friends my problem solving everything but on the southern side there's definitely a a mindset that that I have that is um being very independent from a very young age my parents worked really hard I um they never I didn't mean they really knew what A levels I was doing some of the time or never looked at anything. I just got on with it. And I think that really fed into being really independent and exploring and liking adventure and and that sets your mindset up to just go, well, I'm just gonna say yes. And um I don't like to look back and think I failed on something and I could have succeeded if I just tried a little bit harder. Mm. I, I I feel like it's my naivety saying stubbornness because I love the word grit. And in fact, so the other thing that I really felt tempted to, to ask you about as well, which I, which I will, is the fact that I, I have a lot of friends actually who are who are ultra runners and marathon run, long marathon runners and all sorts of things, mountain runners, trail runners. Uh, I am <laughs> I'm like a little little baby brother to to a bunch of very impressive people who who have taken me under their wing and taken me running with them. So when I was in Switzerland, we did some incredible stuff, and I, I never ran a giant long, you know, hundred mile or anything like that at all. But uh, 
but I, all of those people, I just, I always was so impressed with their, their sort of resilience, their grit. Uh, I think it's a great word, their grit. And, uh, but most of them as well are so private in that they don't want to come on a podcast and talk to me about their thing, because it's like a part of their thing is that it's their own world. They can go into this world. And I get it because I also run and, and, and I've talked before about the fact that that's kind of my meditation, but I'm not doing anything close to the distances you guys do and stuff. I, I you know, um, I think it's the community of ultra running and the way in which the competition works it is very very would you agree it's very different from sort of a standard athletics type of competition because it's all about your your own it's your own battles it's winning against yourself right i, I i'm sort of putting it out there but i would like you to talk about that because this isn't about me and it's about you as the guest so i mean what, what would you say about that like in terms of how you frame the competition, how you frame defining a win. Let's talk about that. I guess I'll I'll just go there at the private thing. I guess before my picture went viral, I was really private about it. I mean, Mm -hmm. my family didn't even know I was in Chamonix racing. Um, They knew I ran. They kind of had a sense of the races I did, but um, I didn't have, I'd never posted on Instagram before. this was all a bit of a shock to me that people found my ultra running thing quite interesting. And it's only because of seeing the impact that talking about that photo has had on so many women around the world. And um, that I've been realizing that I've got to become more public about it and talk about it. And I see the impact, but that was very much a private thing. People knew me the business side and um, you can Google and it was like these two people kind of came up and, some people connected the two one's like hair down one's hair up but um yeah it's now not it's now not private anymore but 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 it very much was because it's it's very personal I think that leads to your point about what the the competition is and it's getting more and more elite more and more people are coming into the sport now when I started 12 years ago it was really um not that many people on start lines um kind of very kind of um muddy and kind of um really grassroots and now that the money's come in um to the sport but it, it is very much against yourself I mean um I could turn up to a start line and win a race or I could uh, having a very bad race for myself or I could be way down the leaderboard and have a great race because of who's on the start line and that doesn't make me excited to win a race um mm. it's very much about looking at the race as to what I want to get from it. Um, and sometimes that's just a day without the kids. Um, sometimes that's five days without the kids. Um, in extreme circumstances, sometimes that I want to push my body and really kind of run fast. Um, sometimes I just haven't seen a friend in a while and we want to run some miles together and we'll meet at the start line and run until we part. Um, so it is, it is different, but it is a really personal thing. And I think you can't, it's so difficult. Like when you go into the black hole and, um, or the pain cave, as people call it, it's very difficult to be motivated by someone else mm-hmm. rather than something very intrinsic to you as to why you're doing it. And if you're motivated by someone else or beating someone else, I don't think for most people that's a strong enough emotion to get you through that pain um 
it has to be something different. Because it's so long and sustained, I guess. It's, it's such a long time, you know, plodding along, <laughs> you know, up, 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 and, up and down hills, I guess. Uh, so it's, it's sustaining that, that period. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's a very different type. It's a very different framing of, of, uh, of setting yourself up for the win. So how do you do it? Because I know in the video, in, the, in the, the, the film you've just done, you know, we see a lot about your coaching team, your physio, your, you know, you, you, have a, you have a whole team, which is, which is amazing. And I love seeing that because pretty much everyone I talk to, you know, they talk about the people that have helped drive them, challenge them, get them stepping up. You know, I've talked to incredible teachers and things. So can you talk to me a bit about that? How do you set yourself up with that? How do you know who to choose? How, like, what do you need there to help you set yourself up for those personal wins? I mean, I didn't have a team at all until um, 2016. So most of my running has just been, I'll go for some runs and I'll rock up to some races. Mm. And I didn't take it very seriously. And it was only in 2016 where I um, realized I'd, I'd run a particularly fast and 100 mile race the year before. And I had an entry for a race called Spartathlon, which is um, 153 miles nonstop from Athens to Sparta. It's the original route of kind of Pheidippides. He kind of um, did the marathon bit at the end, but he'd already run kind of just faster and back before then. Um, that's probably why I died, not the marathon. Um, and you've got 36 hours. So it's a really tight time frame and really tight cutoffs. And so I got a coach and it was a, a guy called Robbie Britton. who's an incredible GB ultra runner who'd happened to be on an ultra with my hubby in the Arctic. Um, and John has been like, Robbie's a great guy. Give him a call. So that was the first time I had a coach. And that's when I probably started training. And I realized kind of having a coach, especially now I'm a mum, is really important because it's so hard to make that time for yourself, to make that time to train. Your time is always the first to kind of get taken away. Um, and the guilt factor is, in a, well, kind of, okay, we need to go, so much, you know, I'll drop my run and we'll do that. So having a coach kind of sets it out and says, I've got to do these sessions. And she knows my life. So now I have a, a brilliant coach called Edwina Sutton, who is a mum of three and a GBH runner. So she completely understands my life um there are sessions when I was pregnant the session saying just go for a hike with the kids or actually send the kids for a hike and you get a nap um they're my favorite my favorite running weeks are the last ones um so around me at the moment I've got a, a coach um because I do want to get back to training quickly and I do want to to be fit and healthy as well as run um but coming back from pregnancy pregnancy in particular um having a pelvic health physio for a woman is so, so important. Our bodies are going through trauma, um, staying safe during pregnancy, getting back quickly, being strong. Um, an amazing physio called Emma Brockwell, um, who actually wrote the return to running guidelines for the government has just been released. They're brilliant. Um, and a book saying, kind of, I think it's called, why did no one tell me? Um, all about pregnancy and postpartum. So without her, I would not be, I made loads of mistakes for my first and second pregnancies. So she's on the side to get my body strong. Edwina's on the side to kind of get me running. Um, I'm also seeing someone for my hamstring because I tore that during pregnancy. Um, and then looking ahead, uh, and they all work together to, to get me there. And I'm not an elite athlete. I'll be really clear. I'm not an elite athlete. But coming back from pregnancy, 
if you had a torn hamstring, you would see someone, a specialist for it. And mm. that's what childbirth is like too. Um, and now I'm working with Shane Benzi on, on running form because I don't have much time to run. Um, and that's the thing of when you've got all these different goals and they're all competing and you're, I have so many kind of things that want my time. I'm never a hundred percent anything. Mm. And so if I want to achieve what I want to achieve in running, I've got to be as an efficient runner as possible. I've got to stay not injured. I've got to be able to maximize that training. And that's what kind of Shane's going to help me do. So um, it does look like I've got a huge team around me um, for a non-elite runner, but running's that important to me. Um, and I want to stay fit and healthy. And it's important that I set that I'm a role model to, to my children, especially now I have a daughter. Um, and they work together to, to help me achieve those goals because I, I wouldn't be able to do it on my own. I'm really interested about the, ch- the change between your, you as a driven person with that grit and, and finding that association, that, that, that reason to do it, that purpose. And you mentioned about your businesses, and I was sort of thinking about that as well, and that's why I got myself confused because I was like, that's nothing to do with running, and we're talking about running. <laughs> but you talked about wanting to do something good for the world and, and, and being driven in that way. And I think, I, I don't know, I'm trying to tie those two together. Is there something there around purpose and drive and reason for doing things that, that you know, when you're, when you're in that uh, pain cave, as you referred to it, is there something there that you, you, you tap into, do you think? Please don't just say no. (laughs) I think, I think purpose has become a really important word in my life. Um, I think certainly now after UTMB, I think starting up kind of the kind of company I did, um, and driving that, you know, it was all about getting a better world for my children, kind of having children breathe cleaner air and then kind of, moved out of London and it's really clean around Surrey um and it wasn't uh, kind of UTMB kind of realizing that I had this ability to connect with so many women and change their lives and the the things that have come out of that photo have been just remarkable and keep going and kind of talking to press for around the film which kind of Hawker sponsored um and they put me in touch with magazines and they're like oh when I saw that photo this is how it changed my life and and, and I've got women who've had babies because of that photo. They never thought they could get back to running. They thought they'd lose themselves. And so there's a huge purpose that I have to help women. Mm. And that's very separate from my own self. I only call it selfish because I think we have a, an entitlement to our goals. Um, but a lot of my life is driven by how do I help other women now? I mean, mm. almost every decision I'm making and kind of what I'm doing um, I guess I've got a three-month-old baby, so I should be doing maternity leave. But instead, I'm working till midnight every night, kind of um, writing articles, um, speaking to people, um, getting back Sorry. to Instagram messages. Um, um, that, and that's, that's really important to me. So I think that drives me in so many ways to be as effective as I can be mm. to help others. But the reason to run is I really like running. Um, and I really some people kind of enjoy kind of pushing a marathon PB and they want to bring that down. I think running is so many different things to me and I'm very conscious that it's not all of me. And you see kind of people kind of, they go across the other side of the world for a marathon and if they don't get their PB, they, it's a wasted trip to them. And, and I'm not fixated on the numbers in that way. 
Mm. Um, but I am really fixated on knowing what my body can achieve. Um, I don't think I've run my best race and I, and I want to keep running till I'm 70 plus. I've got friends who are running in their seventies mm. and it's just a very important part of my life on the social side. I love meeting new people. I love, um, I love the fact that you show up to a start line and you could be running next to someone and you could be running next to them in, in the spine uh, fusion, uh, the 268 mile race I did. I was running next to a guy for 36 hours at least. We'd never met before. Um, and, and we just formed a little duo and he was a, 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 pre, a professor of philosophy from Estonia. Brilliant fun. Um, I went back to like my graduate undergrad philosophy and we were both completely hallucinating from lack of sleep and he was giving me basic philosophy lessons. Um, that can be goes in tangent. Um, but it's, it's something very different um, that the personal challenge on that. And, and I just, that's just one of my, that's just my goal and I love to do it. Mm. Um, and it's just for me. Um, yes. Having a daughter is different. I, I do feel a, a sense of responsibility to inspire even more than I did my sons, but um, running is just for me, but it's very now linked to my purpose um, mm. of helping other women. So I'm really interested as well tonight, because you mentioned about your husband also doing long runs and ultra marathons and things. He, he, you said he was doing something in the Arctic and ultra and uh, does he still run and how do you balance that as a family like how do you guys do you run together like uh, is it grandparents all the way or like how does that work <laughs> um he's not really he's he's not really a runner um as in he's more a cyclist so um i i signed him up for a stage race in in nepal in i think 2011 kind of a year after i did marathon Saab because um, I really wanted to do this race and um, we didn't have kids at the time and that would be our kind of our holiday for the year and so I signed him up um, without telling him um, and he's he's if I'm he's even grittier than me he his pain tolerance is insane um, but um, he has brittle bones and every time I seem to send him for a race he breaks something so um, he's on the what bike now and he is one of these wish people that disappears up to the gym and does I don't get it but he loves it um so we both like staying fit and healthy we both love hiking um we've done races together in we did a race together in Iceland as well um racing since we've had the kids it's more different it's more difficult mm. um it's all about kind of we sit down on a, on a Sunday and go kind of what's your training like for the week what's my training like for the week how do we manage this we have a gym at home he's generally on the bike in the evenings while I'm settling the kids down um I get the Saturday morning slot because I like to run and then often park run um we both we, we juggle our years so kind of if I have a big goal coming up kind of he'll probably end up doing a bit less training um when he did ice ultra he's done it twice last year I mean my training completely backed off um and I was supporting him kind of setting his plans kind of putting all his kit together um when we take on a goal, like when I take on a race, I, I never take it on on my own. It's a family goal. His goals are family goals. My goals are family goals because we all need to put into that and we all benefit from it. And I love seeing him succeed. Um, and I'll do everything I can to help him reach his goals um, because they're, they're shared. 
so I think that's how we, we plan our I'm definitely the logistics person and um he works really hard and um he's not very good on logistics so I set the family plan I'm like this is what it's going to happen and sometimes it's like okay we're going to this place um to go for a hike and I'm going to run and meet you all there and that's my run for the day mm. um we make it work when we're, we're not um I think the elite this is not our job and I think that's what takes the the stress off of it and if we miss sessions it doesn't matter if I don't I, I'm not out to win maces mm. I'm out to do things against myself and I I guess we both measure our performance against what's possible for us mm. given our constraints and it would be interesting to see if I trained as an elite and I had didn't have children how good I could be but that's not open to me mm. so I'm going to do what I can within my constraints and my winning is um, doing as well as I can and, and kind of understanding that I I can't have a nap in the middle of the day um, and train twice a day and have brilliant I could have brilliant nutrition but I really like chocolate um, and there's always chocolate in the house um, there you go. Maybe nutrition is something I could probably could nail if I really stuck at it. Um, but we just define things differently. We're not, we're very competitive against ourselves, but, but maybe less so against other people. Yeah. That's it. It's, I, li- I like that, uh, you know, family goals. I, li- I like that uh, philosophy a lot. And I think uh, for any parents listening and, and watching is it's, you know, it's very much a team effort, right? You're, you're in it, it, no matter what you're doing, you're, you, you it, your best when you're a team <laughs> and uh and i think that that those family goals i love i love that philosophy or that uh, mindset I'm, I'm interested to ask you about this so you, you you really you've said about looking at what your body can do you know being being really interested in what can your body achieve what can your body do where can you take it to and I actually understand that because I, I got very fit when I was 34. And again, nothing like you, but like pushed myself. And I found new places that I never knew existed within my head, within, you know, within my capacity to do things. Uh, and I, I was interested to know your thoughts around something when, as we get older, we are more prone to injury, where we lose uh, we atrophy muscle somewhat we that we lose the ability to train as much sometimes you know we have we have uh, life gets in the way of being able to achieve the physical uh, heights that we maybe had when we were in our 20s and 30s for example where like what do you think about that is that not true you said you're going to be running ultras when you're 70 I, I'm going to guess that your your 70 year old self when they're running an ultra will have a very uh, different time goal or uh, way in which they'll look to, to do the run than you would now, but uh, which, which would still will of course be a win uh, for that 70 year old. But, but I'm interested to know your thoughts on that because I, I think a lot of people who have, um, you know, achieved something amazing in their life, there's always a struggle. It's like, that was that my best day? You know, and looking back on it, was that, was that the best? And am I never going to be there again? And there's some sort of mourning process, but I, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on that because I have some ideas, but I would love to hear your thoughts. I guess like, so I'm, I'm 38 now. And 
for ultra runners, I think female ones, a lot of like the British team are in their 40s. So you get better. So for me, it's actually a case of I see the next kind of five, 10 years of me getting better. Mm. Um, and I didn't run so much. I mean, I didn't run as a kid, so I didn't have as many miles in my legs as others. Um, and I know so much more about how to look after myself. And and ultra running is is a lot about how to look after yourself and not kind of so much about kind of the physical side potentially um and knowing what you're doing and knowing your nutrition and knowing your strength sets and where your kind of your, your training should be so mm. i still see myself on the up i still see that my um kind of faster races are, are still to come um but there's always different challenges beyond that in ultra running and there's age group challenges and just being able to finish certain races it's not mm. about a lot of the races i do it's about getting across the finish line, well, that's a win. Um, not how long it takes to you. It's, it's can you actually finish that race? Um, and our bodies do change. I think one of the things I've got really interested in in the last year is female physiology and how little is known about the female body and how we um, go through those big life stages of kind of puberty, of having children, of, of menopause. And how we can stay strong within those and it's not taught at school um it really should be taught at school um and the need to really strengthen through menopause and um how kind of we're so at risk of osteoporosis because we don't do that and and can 80 percent of people with osteoporosis are women um so as part of i mean i'm a trustee of the charity women in sport um which aims to kind of keep women active and give every woman the opportunity to be active and through the life cycle a lot of this in my head is becoming on the education side and making sure that that activity is open to people so for me I'm learning about my body in a way that I never have before um I finally understand all the different parts of a menstrual cycle which forgotten from GCSE biology um completely um and then through three babies and you're like well I'm space to like try at this time of the month because this is what happens with the egg and everything else but you don't understand the hormones and what that means to you so for me it I think my best days are still to come mm. I think the types of challenge I'll do will change um I certainly think that there's some like big endurance cycle rides with, with my husband when the kids get older and we can ship them off to different places and we can go and and grab our bikes and and do something new together um so I, I get that if you won Olympic gold medal and you retire, you're not going to win that Olympic gold medal when you stop training. Um, and that's why I'm quite glad it's not my job, my career. And mm. I don't define myself. I don't define myself in one way because I think that's really dangerous to just say I'm one thing mm. because that can be taken away from you. This is one thing I do. I love running. It's really important. If someone turned around tomorrow and said, you can never run again and actually they did the the day after i gave birth to my my first child i heard you said well you might not be able to run again um i would find something else mm-hmm. um to do and that i could still seek in a personal growth in and still set myself challenges because at heart i love setting myself a challenge and, and overcoming it yeah I can see that in you. I think that's probably, hopefully, very clear for everyone listening. It's uh, it, it is incredible. Like you've clearly got a mindset 
that it well you said it grit I love that I love that term and I think that's exactly what you see coming through I, I mean I remember being at business school with you and you weren't an ultra <laughs> runner then I didn't really know much about you back then so I you know I didn't really know uh, that you had that I knew about the RAF part but I didn't know that you had this tremendous grit inside of you but my guess is that's that's bled into lots of different parts of your life through through university stuff because you went to where did you go to university as well and um, Oxford you went to Oxford yeah so for those that don't know Oxford is I think the second best university in the world behind Cambridge uh, where my niece is at number one no it's number one <laughs> I don't think Cambridge is even number two actually oh yeah. I'm just saying I'm just Oxford, joking it's an Oxford INSEAD like number one combo at the moment oh, like my goodness I, yeah she went to the best university in the world, the best business school in the world. But <laughs> seriously, though, I think, you know, that that is also something you had, you didn't mention. And, you know, that's incredibly impressive to get into into Oxford. You know, you have to have performed extremely well at school and, and done very well in A-levels and then also have, you know, interviews and, and a great application and everything else. And I think that for me is something which is, is it's very inspiring for people to sort of see. But it's also... I think it's very good for people to hear you're centered around this, this, this amazing thing you do in ultra running being for yourself. But now with the, that, vid, that photo that went viral, you know, you've kind of got dragged into a world where it's like, okay, now you've got an opportunity to be an ambassador and you've taken that and run with it. And I, I excuse the pun, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's, that's, uh, that's an amazing thing. I, I think, I, I, we should probably wrap up because I've taken way too much of your time and we had technical issues coming into this. I, I, th- <laughs> I, I think my it's the first time I've glitched in the, in a podcast that I've done so far in the middle there. So I might even chop a bit of my own glitching out uh, and try and make sense of it later down the line and just jump into the question because uh, I, I got myself all confused um, about purpose a little bit back. But um, Sophie, before we wrap up, I wanted to give you a chance to promote everything you've got to promote. Give us your social channel. <laughs> <laughs> you want to promote just go wild I, I like anyone listening I, I really hope you got the feel because I I love talking to you and I think you're such an inspiring woman so go ahead and tell us all of the different places where everyone's got to follow watch do click <laughs> this, is, this is why I wasn't on Instagram before uh, but so no so I've I'm on Instagram at un, ultra ultra underscore Sophie um and um basically any any woman or actually guys i'll answer i'll answer anything from guys too um if you do message me on ultra running pregnancy active busy questions i will get back to you um i love helping other people kind of achieve their goals um the film i brought out was um, it's a 25 minute film um all about my return to running after being pregnant with my third baby and it's sponsored by um hocker the trashy running brand and it's available on their Instagram, in their so YouTube channel or my link in bio, or um, I do one of those bit.ly links. Is it called bit.ly, bit.ly, whatever? I um, no called, <laughs> I don't know, but it's, it's, it's under Sophie Power Film. Okay, um, and, and I'd love if, if, any, if you know anyone that's having a baby um, or thinking about it or just a mum that runs, um, um, I'd love her to see it and, um, and let me know kind of what they think of it. Okay, I'm going to try and put the links wherever I can as well. So they'll be down below in the YouTube video. I know that for sure. But also in the podcast bit, still haven't quite worked out how that all works. And I haven't sorted out websites. So <laughs> I'll put them as much as I can. But 
Sophie, thank you so, so much. Before we leave, have you got anything else you wanted to say or anything else you wanted to leave with on a parting thought? Oh, gosh, thank you for having me on the spot. I think, I think the, the big thing for people is to say, kind of, don't be afraid to really dream really big. And I think it's potentially a female thing that we often suffer from a lack of self-confidence and we, we look at something and if we're not absolutely sure, we can do it. Like an ultramarathon, we're like, oh, maybe, maybe that, that sounds too tough, then we shy away from it. And I think when we take on challenges that we're not completely sure we can do, and they're a little bit scary in a way. Overcoming them is, is so much better. And there's just so much that you can do um, that you don't really, you're, you're capable of so much more than you really realize. Um, so go and scare yourself and, and then you start setting the bar even higher. Love it. Thank you so much, Sophie. You take care of yourself and I'm dying to see you back on the running again. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. <laughs> All right.